It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, we go. What's up, Al? How you doing, man? Hi, Jerry. Did you see there's um, new footage of a supposed Bigfoot? I did see that. In Colorado. Like a, I saw it. It looks like a guy in a costume. <laughs> Give me a break. Jerry, why would a guy in a costume be in the middle of a nowhere in Colorado oh. where this train happened to be passing by and people took shots of this Bigfoot? We don't know that it was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We just know that it looked like he was in a little mountain range area. There could have been a target on the other side. Who knows? Here's what I didn't like about it. Because uh, if he would, if I, in the way it was presented to me when I first saw it, is why I unfortunately don't believe it. I saw it on TMZ first. Wow, really? Yeah. And they were sort of like mocking it. Right. Had that been presented to me in a non-mocking on fashion? On CBS? Not on CBS, but even like just somebody, like if somebody came on the Joe Rogan podcast and was like, there was been Bigfoot footage, here's the latest. I'd have been like, oh my gosh, it's pretty compelling. But the fact that like TMZ wasn't even buying it for a second. I saw this on uh, Twitter X. Yesterday, about 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., I saw a guy posted it. Yeah. that he I guess it was the guy that was on the train that posted it. And then there, someone reposted it saying, is it possible this is Bigfoot? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Come I saw it guys. trending this morning. So oh, I was like, morning. oh, that reminded me. Yeah. Because on, when, on Twitter, when I was looking at the trending stuff, it was being taken more seriously. Like, is this Bigfoot? Right. Where TMZ poo-pooed it right away. And then I was like, oh. It looks, re- it looks like a Halloween costume. I actually thought he looked like... Do you remember that movie, Harry and the Hendersons? Yes. It looked like that costume, it which did. it could be. It could like, be. I'm sure they sold at one point Harry and the Henderson costumes. No question about it. They sold it. That's funny. Maybe that's what the guy was wearing. Uh, yeah. So goofy. Because it was actually decently clear. Yes. It was a distance away, but, but decently clear. I have a question for you. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Bigfoot, but in the realms of things we've talked about yeah. before... I have no idea why I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, but, you know, a lot of people believe in reincarnation. Yes. You've talked about that. You've seen documentaries about reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So that everything, I, I assume that means most things that come back are reincarnated beings. Correct. Right? That's the theory. So then when we step on a cricket, are we killing someone's ant? When we go hunting and we shoot a deer, are you killing someone's uncle or aunt? Or brother or sister. When we shoot birds out of the sky. See, I would think, um, here's my theory on that, mm-hmm. and it's a good question. My theory is if you are a cricket that is being stepped on, you, you're you not coming back. Like you're not Jerry Recco one day, a human, and then you return as a cricket. I think you work your way up. So, How do I work up if I was stepped on? Well, now, now you're moving on to the next oh, life. Now so you want to be a human. No, no, no. There's things in between. For, oh, I have multiple stages. You don't go stages. from cricket to human. You oh, go cricket to maybe the deer. 
That's a big jump. Then probably an ape, because they're the closest oh, thing, to, then a human. So this is the new evolution chart? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cricket. Deer. Ape. Ape. Human. human. Right. <laughs> then really smart human. And then what happens when the human dies? Smarter human. Better version. I come back as another human? Yeah, but a better version. Wow. Like you a lot of lives. So then why are we all so afraid of death? Then? I don't know. We that's should a good be question. excited for it. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, no one's I excited for it. For people who are religious people who believe in heaven, I would think you wouldn't be upset dying. Right. But yet we all are. Her, Most of us correct. are. And terrified of it. You get an occasional person who is on their deathbed There's that, always exceptions. that doesn't claim to. But you're right. But overall, we are afraid to die. Yes. And yet we're told that when we die, it's going to be the Shangri-La in because heaven. no one really believes it. Yeah. Right. That's the reality. Is that like, is oh my reality. gosh, I'm dying. Correct. What is going to happen to right. me? Right. Hmm. Will I come back as a cricket, a deer, <laughs> a human, a dumb human? <laughs> See, my theory is that when you come back, you come back as something better than last time. So people that are like really smart and really wealthy, they're... Poor? They were poor. Or they're Warren Buffett now. <laughs> right, like Warren Buffett probably was reincarnated so many times, now he's Warren Buffett. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Like, it takes that many times to you perfect your so life. So Warren Buffett really started in the year 1710. Yes. As a cricket. As a cricket. <laughs> Warren Buffett, the, this cricket was so good at the stock market. Right. <laughs> that people were watching Couldn't find cricket. him during the crash. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get nervous that sometimes, like, my YouTube algorithm... There'll just be like some random financial guy telling me that the stock market's going to crash. I'm like, great. I never watch it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just, you can't. Because of course it's going to take a hit. It's always going to take a hit. Always going to take a it's hit. Gonna have peaks and valleys. But again, I see yesterday, and it's not making a lot of money, but it went up again yesterday in the middle yeah, I know. of, of uh, Israel-Hamas situation. And yesterday, too, is the day where Hamas, the leader of Hamas. Yeah. Um, implored all of its followers abroad, here, anywhere, to basically become martyrs and terrorize the world. Which is supposed to be tomorrow. I was looking at this. I I thought it was next Friday. It's tomorrow. It's Day of Jihad tomorrow, Friday the 13th. That's awesome. We're supposed to come to work. And the stock market's going up. Yeah. Because that makes sense. I mean, we coming to work tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. The heck? Yeah, I know. It's yeah. a good day to stay in Bradley Beach. <laughs> sure is. I'm going to hide. I don't want to be in New York City or any, you know, I don't, I don't like to be in a... That's why, like, uh, if you're living, you know, after, like, 9-11, yeah. and that we're, the terror threat was high, and you'd have, like, you know, people on the local news in Wisconsin going, I hope they don't bomb... You're in Wisconsin... You're not getting bombed. We're getting bombed in New York, L.A. Right. Kohler, Wisconsin is not on the map for Correct. Them. Right. I know. I know. I, I think know. about like, that all the time. Anything could happen. They could uh, hijack a plane and crash it into Wisconsin. Like, yeah, I guess technically they could, but you can't be worried about that. Idaho seems like a safe place to be. Yes. <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> Iowa. Because they're confusing. I think they're the same things. <laughs> right? Iowa and Idaho. I don't know which is... The cooler place to live, eh. they're all about the same. One's cooler right? than the other. Yeah. Idaho and Iowa. Yeah. 
Do you think anybody from the East Coast, like uh, Jersey, New York, moved to Iowa after they retired? Like, not to work, not to go to school, to be like, you know what, I'm going to move to Iowa. I would tell you I think that's very possible if they went to if they went to college there. And then had a career and yes. then went back. And loved the experience when they were there, but work took them to L.A. or Chicago or New York or wherever, but they were always going to go back because they fell out. Because I could see it. I could see the small-town charm. I mean, yeah. I've been to enough of these small cities now. Like Lincoln, Nebraska, I got to tell you, is cool. Like it, it sounds crazy to say it, but that little town is just it's fine. Now I know it's because of the college and the students are there, but the four or five times I've been there, you go out on a Saturday night and it's vibrant and it's quaint, and you go two miles this way and you're in the middle of nowhere. But then you go back here and you got this, you, know, you got bars and restaurants, and it's neat. Like I could, see, I actually could see enjoying that very quiet slower paced lifestyle but there's plenty going on if you just go a couple of miles yeah. in town yeah that does sound beautiful like a small downtown area in a suburban yeah. setting in a place where you're not going to be hit with terrorism of any kind because you're kind of in the middle of nowhere you would that's think. living you would think you would think you would think middle america I saw a very interesting article, Jerry, and I took some screen grabs because I wanted to read uh, some things from it. It's about the the drug Ozempic, yes. which you hear about, which is like a diabetes drug. Yes. But people that don't have diabetes that want to lose weight are taking it. I saw a, video, a TV commercial yesterday for Ozempic. Part of the commercial, for I've never seen this before, was about the weight loss, too. See, this is how they're pitching it now. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Maybe because so many people are using it fraudulently for what it was supposed to be, they just decided, oh, hell, we're a weight loss drug too. Right. And they, and if you're the pharmacy company, company, you want people buying the drug sure. as much for whatever reason. Yeah. So there's an article in the Washington Post about what could be the ripple effects on the economy if people... If more and more people take Ozempic. I saw the CEO of Target. Yes. Say that they are selling. Now, it's not a huge number, but there is a distinct decline in food sales. Yes. This is what this is about. Yep. And then how could this. Okay. So then if places like Target and Walmart, whose Walmart person is in this article, mm -hmm. says uh, because if you take Ozempic, you not only lose weight, but supposedly your food cravings are down. Correct. You're taking in less calories. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... And buying less junk food. And buying less junk food, correct. So then, what does that do to the economy? Because so many companies that sell junk food would be selling less junk food. Yeah. And Walmart and Target would have less things flying off the shelf. Yep. It said uh, the those people on it bought slightly less food than other customers. Uh, it said uh, you know, they're looking at like, and then what does how does that affect the stock price of Hershey, yeah, Pepsi, uh, Oreos, and Ritz, and that that got to go thing. down. It's got to go down. Yeah, this is crazy. I'll tell stuff you that... one thing. So a friend of mine is on this. Yeah, him and his wife. They have been now for six months. Or I want to say they've lost, both lost a, a significant amount of weight. I'm not going to say that they look too different people. They don't. 
But you can tell they lost probably 25 pounds each, I would say. I will tell you that he routinely, and he always knew it was a big problem, would drink six to eight cans of Coke a day. He does not drink soda anymore. So him alone, he's buying, if let's say six for math, right? Well, you can say eight, I guess two, but let's just say six. That means he was doing almost two cases of Coke a week. That one person is no longer buying two cases of Coke a week. Right. That one person is 104 cases of Coca-Cola now not being purchased. Right. In a, in a year. Yeah. Then there was an industry that thinks they're going to improve and get better if more and more people go on Ozempic, and that is the airline industry who believes that assuming the average person loses 10 pounds, they estimated a weight savings, you know, how much a plane weighs, of 1,790 pounds per flight, which would result in $80 million annual cost for gasoline. Wow. (laughs) Wow. If each person just lost 10 pounds, the airline industry would save $80 million a year on gasoline. Wow. That's wild. See, I don't feel it. I didn't know, first of all, that I thought the taking the Ozempic, because Gina was telling me about this yesterday, and I was like, she's like, oh, people on Ozempic, um, it's going to ruin the food. I go, no. I go, people that go on Ozempic are people that don't want to lose the weight naturally, so they're going to continue to eat crappy food. I didn't realize that the drug supposedly has this effect where you don't want to have the food. That's where I was confused. it, It takes away your appetite. Yeah. I know my buddy said when he actually wrote, had a little little bit of a, a journal. Yeah. Um, his doctor, before they put him on the Ozempic, told him to keep a journal for a week. Yeah. And he did not realize he was consuming approximately 4,500 to 5,000 calories a day. Didn't realize it was that much. And a lot of it was coming from the soda. If he was, I mean, 1,200 calories a day in soda. Um, and now with the Ozempic, once he started it, let it kick in did the week journal again, he was doing thirteen to 1,400 calories a day and feeling totally fulfilled. Like, wasn't looking for anything. He would, instead of making a whole sandwich, he would split the sandwich with his wife. They'd have a half a sandwich. And instead of having Doritos, as he would say, he would have a handful of, of pretzels and he would drink like water. It's like he had, didn't even have the interest of the soda. And so lunch, which in the past was probably an Italian sub, a Coke and Doritos was now half a sandwich. And I mean like regular bread, not a sub. Half a sandwich, 11 or 12 rolled golds, and water. Like think about just doing that every day, what he was saving yeah. in calories. Well, that was the other one in this Washington Post article, as you mentioned, the beverage industry. They're saying that there could be a 65% drop of sugary and carbonated drinks if – yeah, more people get on this Ozempic. This makes it seem like it's great to go on Ozempic, but then when you read the other things, they they tell you you don't they don't know you know what are the long term effects of Ozempic. Well, I mean, what is it doing to your liver? I don't know. It's still a drug at the end of the day. It is. I mean, if you're taking, I don't know how this works. I know you can do shots or the or a pill. I believe. I know you can do shots. Yeah, I only saw it as a shot. Um, it's not natural, right? So if I was to do it, I would think you'd do it to jumpstart, but I wouldn't want to stay on it. Like, I don't know. Once you start this, are you on it? Yeah, I think you got to be on it. And it's very expensive. 
I don't know what insurance covers these days. I have no idea. I think if maybe if you're di- actual diagnosed as diabetic, maybe it covers it. But I'm sure it doesn't cover it for just somebody well, who wants to lose weight. Wouldn't you think a lot of heavy people have some sort of type 2 diabetes just from their weight? I would think so. Or certainly headed that way. Yeah. Maybe you eat yourself to diabetes and then you are able to get the Ozempic uh, covered by your insurance. But doesn't it go to show, too... Like, we can complain all we want how much insurance costs. How much money these insurance companies lay out for these, you know, and the drugs are expensive. The whole cycle is terrible. It really is. Yeah, they say, well, the drugs are expensive because of all the money that the drug companies put out for... The research, right? Yeah, the research and everything. And that's why I guess after a certain number of years, I forget what it is, the patent runs out and then companies could put out generic versions of it because I guess they feel like they've made their money back Mm -hmm. and then some. But it's weird. Like if you're on a medication that your doctor's telling you you have to take and it's super expensive and you have no insurance, like what are you doing? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Like Eddie's, um, what's the insulin he's on, is crazy expensive. I know. And there's a shortage of it, isn't there? There was. There definitely was at one point. Okay. Yeah, no, it's... Bad road to have to go down. If there's a shortage of it, I'm going to steal what's in our office fridge and sell it on the market. Don't the black do market. that. Don't do, be like Mark either and throw it out. <laughs> yeah, Mark one time in his... Mark Chernoff used to love to clean up. So like if there were... If uh, somebody brought us in uh, donuts. Let's say Dunkin' Donuts brought in donuts that day. And they brought in two dozen donuts. And there were three donuts left. He would throw them out. Mm-hmm. That was it. He saw it. It was enough. It, he didn't like to see a mess. Yeah. And yeah, I guess he, clean, he was cleaning out the fridge the one day and threw out Eddie's uh, insulin. Whoops. Yeah, that's a big whoops. That's I an mean, expensive whoops. That's in a drug uh, box. Yeah, I'm aware. With a label on that it. That had a prescription label on it. Yeah, it had a prescription label in on it. In your office. <laughs> right. Not like it was in the general refrigerator no. by the microwave and the candy machine. No. I mean, my God, man. I know. I want to get it. Like, I have to take Nexium. I've been taking Nexium every day for 20-something years. Is that true? Yeah. I want to get off it, but I can't. Like, I that my acid reflux is so bad, but... Even with the way you're eating now? Yeah. Even with the way I'm well, eating. What acid refluxes? <laughs> well, I, I wonder if I got off of coffee completely. But I drink coffee. I enjoy coffee. Yeah. But coffee uh, does it. Uh, any sort of uh, acidic fruit. Mm. Uh, chocolate. Chocolate does yeah, it? Yeah. So if you, when you look at the list as I have, it's a ton of stuff. Well, but I mean, you've already cut love... most things out of your diet. Yeah. Why don't you just live on water and chicken? <laughs> I need something. <laughs> Organic chicken and water. Yeah. Not only that, it's like hot beverages. Right. Cold beverages. Look, mm. I'm going to be drinking lukewarm beverages the rest of my life. Ugh. I can't have that. There was a guy on uh, on YouTube I saw that came across my page the, the, this morning, as a matter of fact, where he went on. He's a heavy guy, weighed 230. So he's like, I'm going to try the chicken and broccoli challenge for seven days. Oh, okay. So nothing but chicken, broccoli, and water for seven days. So like breakfast, he was having a cup of broccoli. Lunch, he would like dice up the chicken to make it seem like he, like he was eating pulled chicken. And then dinner would be like a piece of chicken and grilled <laughs> uh, broccoli. And... In seven days, he lost 17 pounds. Wow. He's like, he goes, I was eating. And he goes, I didn't exercise. I didn't change my routine. I just got rid of all the crap I was eating. 
and I replace it with chicken and broccoli. 17 pounds in seven days. Yeah. The I photo's think, hilarious. I think there are certain foods that you could eat an unlimited amount and still lose weight. Like chicken and broccoli. Yeah, like Without what's putting bad about s- it? sauce on it. Oh, right. Some it's plain. Was plain chicken and broccoli? I bet you could eat that. I mean, the the thing with these foods, though, this is what they say about the difference between, like, drinking juice and eating fruit. And they say, oh, like we've talked about, oh, you could eat as many, uh, or- eat as many oranges as you want yeah. versus drink as much orange juice as right. you want. Because you're, the amount of, you would not, your body wouldn't want to keep eating the oranges because you'd be full or... Mm-hmm. But your body will still want to keep drinking the orange juice. So I think eating... If you said you could eat unlimited amount of chicken breast and broccoli, you'd reach a point where you don't want to eat anymore. That's true. But it wouldn't be enough that it would throw off your diet, I don't think. So I think you could lose weight on that. And I I think I could do that with one exception. You got to give me eggs for breakfast. Yeah. I can't wake up and have grilled chicken. I can't. Well, I think this, I think if you, I think here's the thing. I think if you did a handful of foods and you said eat as much of them as you want, Mm Mm-hmm. As often as you want. I would make this list of eggs, chicken, mm-hmm. beef, okay, fruit. That was it. If I no said vegetables? You, uh, and vegetables. Okay. Any fruit, any vegetable. Eggs, me, eggs chicken, eggs, and beef. chicken, beef. And water. And water. I would almost guarantee whoever did that is losing weight. I'm a fatso right now. I should try it. <laughs> try it. I should. You, you could eat, be eating hamburgers. No, you can't put it on a bun. No, it's a plain burger. Plain burger. Yeah. I could do that. Plain burger, plain chicken, plain, um, what was it, eggs. Yes. Love eggs. Yeah. I think I think you could do that. Yeah. That sounds a lot more appealing than just chicken and broccoli yes. all week. Yes, yes, yes. Because I don't know how you get to day three and you're yeah. like, well, let's have some more chicken. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> A yeah, lot. and chicken's more boring than beef. Chicken, yeah, horribly boring. Yeah, I did another video. I saw was a guy was a chef in a restaurant, and he wanted to expose the secrets of restaurant chef cooking. Oh no, the amount of butter that is put in these foods. Oh my lord, the salt and the butter that he was showing that this one particular restaurant in Kentucky where he worked, whatever was insane. You want to know why you can't go out to eat often? This is why. Why it tastes so good? Yeah. This is why. Oh, killer. Were they using real butter or was it like margarine crap? I couldn't tell. It yeah. was it was a stick, so it was probably margarine, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of the people that I follow, real butter, they would tell you, use as much as you like. Yeah. But the margarine is trouble. Where we always thought the opposite. Yes, we the country crock, which we still have yeah. in our house. I mean, I'm not going to say lie about that. That's what my wife buys is the country crock uh, made with olive oil because <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take a look at those uh, country crock ingredients. Yeah, not good. It's a lot going on in there. I'm sure there is. All right, Jerry, is tomorrow Friday? It is. Cool games tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we got a football. So here's what we got going on. Let's look. Let's look at the next couple hours. We got a football game tonight. Yes. Then we got cool games tomorrow. But we've got this day of jihad staring us oh down. Oh my god, it's tomorrow too. I which know. I want no part of, Jerry. 
I know. Absolutely no part of. I know, Al. A lot going on. A lot going on. Yeah. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Although things are going to change next year, we're going to move across the street. There are a few things with the New York Yankees that never change. That's pride, it's tradition, and most of all, we have the greatest fans in the world. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, here we go, 502, it's a football Thursday. Nice to have you with us, Danny Scazzeri. What is up? And across from me, wearing his brand new St. John's hoodie, his name is Al Hal Dukes. What's up? Good morning, Jerry. Yes, I've got my new St. John's basketball hoodie on here that uh, Mr. Rick Pitino brought in yesterday. Didn't take you long, very nice. Specifically for me, he said, Al, I would like, I would love you to have this. I said, Mr. Pacino, I don't know that I deserve this. He said, you were a ball player when you were young. You do deserve this. And I said, I know injuries cut my basketball career short. He understood, Jerry. So I do wear this hoodie proudly. If you shot 25 free throws, how yeah. many could you make? Because I'd, like I'd like to make Rick throws? Pitino proud. Okay. So if we take a I'd video probably... of you shooting 25 free throws, you would make how many? I think eight of them. Eight? <laughs> That's 33%. Yes, and that'd be horrible. I'd be a great hitter in baseball. Um, yes, compared to the zero that you batted the one year. Correct. It's like zero. Zero. Yeah, zero, right. I put the ball in play that one year at the Little Fellows League of Colonial. Does it count? Oh, for one. Unfortunately, they I hit into the shift a lot, Jerry. The shortstop was playing right where he should be. Yeah, My son hit the ball every time he was up this weekend at Ripken. You know what he did? Went one for 15 <laughs> because they caught the ball. I count that as 15 hits. No, it doesn't count. In my world. Does not count. So it is a football Thursday, Jerry. We've got uh, Chiefs Broncos. And I saw two things. One, that Travis Kelsey is questionable or a little bit of an ankle. He's playing. You think he is playing? Because yeah, everything yeah. I'm reading is they're, they're acting like he's not playing. I think he's playing. And then I saw on TMZ that Taylor Swift's going to this game. So Another Amazon, reason why he's playing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I was like, she's not. does she know he's not playing? Because she's going to be really disappointed when she gets there. I think she's going to waste her time to watch Patrick Mahomes no. run around the field. She's there to watch Travis Kelsey. Right. I would think. Then yeah. again, maybe she's got to be there because the NFL said, we'll promo your film again. Who yes. knows? I don't know. Although she doesn't need film promo, which is the weirdest thing. Yeah, like, I agree. Plenty well, of... But does Pepsi and Coke, do they need to advertise anymore? 
No. And yet, they do. They do. Otherwise, what if R.C. Cola comes up from the the back and all of a sudden they've signed some uh, big stars to rep their R.C. Cola? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Hi, I'm Patrick Mahomes. I'm Patrick Mahomes or R.C. Cola. (laughs) That would be cool. Wow. Yeah, you got to get someone to represent Schlitz. Schlitz To get them back in the forefront. Yes. Uh, my grand- no, my grandfather liked Schaefer beer. Not old Milwaukee? No, he was Schaefer. a Schaefer beer kind of guy. All right. I tell you, I still have some of his beers in my fridge. My I know you told me that. He passed away in 1980. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I have some of his Schaefer beers in my refrigerator. So just to recap, yeah. garbage in the freezer uh-huh. and your dead grandfather's beer in the refrigerator. Right, which is from 1980, goes 90. 2000. Yeah, it's 43 years. 43 years old. You think that still tastes good? Uh, probably not. I think it does. You think about it, it was a it's bottle. vacuum, but it's not, never been opened. Never been opened. It's sealed. I wonder if I should I have one. I think it's good. On the How anniversary. Many do you have? I have uh, three. I might pop one open this weekend. <laughs> what if it poisons me? It's not going to poison you. How, why would it poison you? I don't know. What if something happens to alcohol over all these years? I said, what do you think, Eddie? You think you could open up a beer from 43 years ago that's never been opened? Yeah, I think it I do probably too. won't kill him, but I think it could make you sick and it will taste awful. Okay. Because Schaefer, when it's brand new, tastes awful. <laughs> it's good for a Friday night. All right. You get the whole weekend to recover if it makes you sick. <laughs> All right. I might check that out this weekend. I might open up a 43-year-old beer. I think that's kind of cool. That Pour sounds. You know, that sounds like to me? Yeah. Social media post. Oh. <laughs> and we do know you love a social media post. I do post. love a social media post. <laughs> Now, my grandfather is buried right off of uh, exit 138 on the parkway. Maybe I'd go there and uh, have a beer with him. Yeah, just don't do it at dusk. You might get arrested. <laughs> yeah, I wonder that. Like, could I go by there in the uh, 3 a.m. when I'm coming to work? I think you can. You think I go in Unless the there are hours that are posted, but most yeah. cemeteries are open. Huh. That'd be some wild but again, stuff. Could you do that? No. That's great. I like pulling into a graveyard at it's kinda 4 a.m. Yeah. Sure is, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have for you, Jerry? I do hope I a lot. Time? We just started. Jer- Jerry, do I have time for any more stories this morning? <laughs> Here comes Boomer and Geo. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, what's this Daniel Jones situation? He's being very coy now about yeah. his neck. Because first we saw him injure his neck. Mm-hmm. Then he went on uh, Up and Adams and said, uh, my neck hurts, but I've no, I feel fine. My neck hurts. And it's not the same injury as Correct. my previous. Neck I think injury. he gave out too much information, and Brian Dable was not happy with him. That's what I think. Is that right? That's what I think. I don't know. Because then uh, yesterday he didn't practice at all, and Brian Dable said that his neck is a little bit more sore today than the other day. We're playing games with the Bills, who now have to prepare for Tyrod Taylor as well. <laughs> what will they do, Jerry? <laughs> Beat them down. <laughs> and then I like this one. Daniel Jones said the results of his MRI weren't. "Quote negative necessarily." What? Yeah. Well, Come on, man. So that would be saying nothing. Would you agree? I agree. That's nothing. That is a whole lot of nothing. I need to pull up the Hal Steinbrenner quote for you. Okay. Because is he talking about Daniel Jones? He's neck not too? talking about Daniel Jones, but it's it's Daniel another Jones. one of these. Um, it's another one of these stories. Eddie, just watch my fader in case any sound comes up. I want to read you this one from him. So he was at the Sportigo Invest conference, uh, and he said, if I have the quote proper, the, all right, personnel changes are possible, then again, might not be possible. 
Yeah, you know what? I did what? see. I saw this headline. Or not like, necessarily possible. Yeah, I saw this headline about Hal Steinbrenner talking about Yankee changes. I was like, yeah. all right, let me see what's going on here. And nothing. then I look at Rita, nothing. Yeah. And it's a whole article. It's not one line. Right. It's a full article written around a quote that is nothing. Here we go. This is the exact quote. Um, in terms of changes, possibly personnel, but not necessarily personnel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, what, what am I to do with that? Huh? <laughs> Yo, dude, he also said, this one's a good one, and I am not making this up. This is this is what he said. This is a quote. Um, the Yankee, well, this isn't a quote, but this is what he said. The Yankees are renovating their clubhouse during the offseason, adding sleep rooms. Ooh. <laughs> so the real changes are wow. happening here with the Yankees. Oh, my God. But I'm just saying, like, these comments are, I, what do they even mean? They mean nothing. Like, Daniel Jones is telling you nothing. Brian Dable's telling you nothing. Hal Steinbrenner is telling you nothing. It's, they're just talking. Do you think the Bills have any meeting whatsoever this week where they're like, oh, guys, um, we don't know who to prepare for because both of these quarterbacks. I mean, it does not matter who quarterbacks this game. Sunday. I wouldn't think it does either. Right? I, I don't think it we'll, would. We'll have no. It will have no difference in the outcome. The only way it would have it here's how it would have a difference is if I think if Daniel Jones was fully healthy, I think it would make a difference if the Giants went all in on. Hey, listen. Enough of the dropping back, and if you don't see your first guy run, like, and we're going to give you designed runs. And knows I'm assuming no Saquon again. You are going to run like a running back, and this is going to look like a college football game. In that case, yeah, you're probably preparing a little differently. But I can't imagine the Giants doing that with him coming off a neck injury. No way. If he plays, and I I do think he'll play. Just listening to him with Kay Adams yesterday, I listened to a lot of that. It sounds like he's playing. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it's another one of those games. Now the Bills aren't a great team. They're banged up pretty good. But I, I I don't know I just, I don't see it I I Me hope neither. I hope this is not another prime time blowout bore fest because I think that's how they're uh, promoting it. <laughs> Al, too bad Al Michaels ain't doing the game. Yeah, they're like uh, NBC tonight on NBC. You thought Tony Dungy was boring in the pregame <laughs> show? Wait till you see the bore fest we got for it. Yeah, and Al Michaels, you know he complained last year that they got a bunch of crap games. Yeah, they ain't. They ain't been much better this year. Well, you got right? you got Chiefs who tonight? Chiefs, Chiefs and the Broncos. Broncos. Horrible. Horrible game. Horrible. Yeah. Uh, it's a division game. But I suppose. The Broncos have been atrocious. And that game is in Kansas City. So you get the cool atmosphere, but that's gonna be even more of a You're right. I think you around. I think if you're Al Michaels, you walk into this, hey, it is Mahomes, it is the Chiefs, it is Kansas City. That's true. So I agree. Division game, like you said. you but you could be sitting there, start of the fourth quarter, Chiefs 38, Broncos 3. I mean, yes. That's very possible. Oh, it's on the table. Very possible. Hmm. And then I don't know what him and Herb Street do. Yeah. I guess they just talk. They just I guess, chat. I guess Bob Costas during the Dodger game last night got into the whole uh, Bartman-Cubs thing, and I guess he got roasted for that online. Yeah, people were mad, I guess, because it was not, in fact, the Cubs game that we were watching. <laughs> I love anything having to do with Steve Bartman. I know you do. I know you do. Because it's so wild that in the world we live in today where everybody is accessible, you can find anybody doing anything. Not this guy. This guy has disappeared. Yeah. Completely off the grid. Off the grid. Yeah. Well, I guess if people aren't taking, if people who know him aren't posting videos or pictures of him, 
I don't know. I mean, you are living in a day and age where you don't have to go to Stop and Shop if you don't want to. That's true. And you don't have to go to Macy's during the holiday season. I, do you think? Do you think we'll ever get a sit down with Bartman? Yes, on the 50th anniversary, if he's still alive. Yeah, that'd be cool. Something wild that yeah. he tells us how we ruined his life or something. It'd be sad. Maybe there'd be mo- maybe a movie is made yeah. of him in terms of what his life was after. If I which- was friends with him, I'd try to get him to go out and so I could take pictures of him and put it on my social media. <laughs> is this Bartman having a beer <laughs> at Wingstop? Maybe. Maybe in his future. Yeah, I hope so. I don't like. I don't like what I like. That guy went to a baseball game and now has been in hiding for years. Right. Think about how we always talk about you don't know what tomorrow brings. Right. Usually when we talk about that, we're talking about illness, disease, accidents, accident. Right. In this case, this guy went to a baseball game and his life changed forever. Yes. He went to a baseball game wearing headphones so he could listen to the game while he watched the game. (laughs) And we haven't heard from him since. Yeah. That's crazy. Escorted out of the stadium. Yeah. That's a great 30 for 30 that yeah. that they did. I did see that back I, in the day. I, I hadn't seen any of that footage prior to where they were like getting him out of the stadium because they knew trouble was a brewing. Poor guy. A poor fella. Poor fella. Guy's just trying to live his life over there in Chicago. That's right. And then even in that documentary, they were talking about like that. Yeah, he's living a fine life. He just doesn't go to Cubs games anymore. Or probably where. He might be living a fine life, but he's not living the life he would have lived. Right, because he was a Cubs fan. He wanted to Completely go to Cubs games. Completely altered. Completely and even when altered. they did, they win a World Series. No, not no, not that year. They lost. I remember that was the the whole play. But didn't they, they invite him? Th- back They did something. win a World Series, yes, but not not that time. Right, not that time. Right. But I'm saying they when they won the when they, they beat were, the uh, Cleveland. Yeah, and they invited him mm-hmm. back, and yeah. he he said no. Yep. I won't even know they invited him. How? And who was the architect of that team? Which team is? Oh, Theo Epstein. There you go. Who you didn't also, think I was going to know that, Jerry? No, no, I did, actually. Oh. He also was the the leader of the Red Sox. Correct. At, like, 30 years old. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, that guy went from, you really didn't know who he was. Yeah. Dude, he's running the Red Sox. They win a World Series. They come back from 3 nothing down on the Yankees, which made no sense. They go on to win the World Series. He becomes Teflon, then does it with the Cubs, and now if you want him, he wants ownership of your team. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, and I saw FS1 is doing a documentary about that series with the Red Sox when they were down oh, yeah. three. Was that it, would be very, they were down three nothing. I thought that was already a 30 for 30 as well. I don't know. I'm not sure. That would, I'd be interested in watching some elongated series on that yeah. because that was, I don't remember the exact particulars. I would love to go back and watch it. I just remember not only up three games to none. Eddie, help me out. Didn't the Yankees have a lead in game four? Didn't they, Mariano Rivera, blow the save in game four where the comeback began with the Red Sox? Is that, that sound I, right? I, am, I just remember the game seven. Early. It was a complete yeah. disaster. That was embarrassing. Where the Red Sox scored 17 runs in the first inning at Yankee Stadium. And it was over early. Yeah, let's watch this documentary. Oh, wait, I don't have this one. Was that Kevin Brown? Who was that? It might have been. It very well might have been. It was like one of those pitchers, you know, one of those uh, veteran guys that was brought in and just gave you nothing. And you're telling me Mariano Rivera blew a game in I'm, that series? I'm, I think he did. I'm sure Damon hit like a grand slam in the second inning, maybe. Sounds right. So I'm looking here. So is this? I'm trying to find out. Again, I don't necessarily remember all the particulars. Yeah. That is sticking out in my mind for some reason. Could be very wrong about this. So, all right, game four, here we go. Uh, 
The Yankees were up. Yeah, they were up four. They were up four three in the ninth, and it was Rivera that gave up the run. Yeah, so He's they Mariano were up. Rivera. They were up. Right. Well, that's where they were talking. About. He never blew a game. Well, no, you. They all the great ones do. So they're up four three at Fenway Park, up three games to none, with Mariano going to the mound in the bottom of the ninth inning. And if I look at it and here, he, blew it. he did. He walked Kevin Millar, um, then a single, so first and second, then they a sacrifice bunt. So you got second and third, one out. No, Johnny Damon was safe on an error, and that's where the run came in. How about that? And then Mariano Rivera blew that game after uh, 9-11, uh, 2001 World Series. Yeah. Luis Gonzalez. Uh, the, <laughs> Did he <laughs> ever win a game for us? <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I only remember the losses. And by the way, that was a 30 for 30 called Four Days in October. Yeah. And now FS1 is doing the same thing. They're just ripping off ESPN's you know 30 what, for though? 30. But, but you know what the difference might be? What? Fox probably did those games, if I remember correctly. Those games took forever. They were four-hour games. They might have different and better footage that yeah, was granted to ESPN. You know, and I was also reading of the, the people who are participating in interviews about it. They got a bunch of those dudes, too. Like a Mr. A-Rod. Sure. Which makes sense because he works for FS1 and Fox. Here it was. And the Game 7 at Yankee Stadium, 6 nothing after the second inning. Damn. Yeah. They scored David Ortiz homeward in the first. And you're right, Eddie. It was the grand slam by Damon in the second inning. Off of Brown? Uh, off of Kevin Brown. That's exactly right. So, well, he didn't give up the grand slam, but he gave up the two-run homer and then loaded the bases in the second inning, and then it was, wow, I don't remember. <laughs> Javi Vasquez came in and gave up the, uh, remember Javier Vasquez? Yes. I don't even remember him being a Yankee. He came in and gave up the uh, the grand slam. So, how about that? Yesterday, on my uh, when I went on to YouTube, one of my suggestions was the Yankee-Red Sox game where Pedro Martinez threw down uh, Don Zimmer. Oh, it was so well, great to watch. It was the anniversary of it yesterday. Oh, okay. That's why. What was what I'd never really looked at before was listened to the play-by-play of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was thrown down. I would love to go back and hear John and Susan. <laughs> He's thrown down Don. Oh, right. Susan must have been furious. If they saw it at you know live, they might have seen it on replay because there was a lot going on on the field. Yeah, that's true. So, we could probably go find the archives. All right, let's take a break. First break of the hour. Then we'll get you uh, Boomer and Geo coming up at the top. Six o'clock right here on The Fan. All right, all over the map in the first 20 minutes of the program. Alan Jerry, the warm-up show till 6 o'clock. Boomer and Geo with the big uh, program coming up. What do you think the lead story is for them at uh, 6 o'clock? Uh, Daniel Jones' neck. Isn't it funny? So think about that. You think they're going to open up with Daniel Jones's neck. Yeah. And if you're 90 miles away in Philadelphia, they are going bonkers over Bryce Harper. And rightly so. And yes. the Phillies. And it's not that far in terms of where we are. Right. It's, it's just so different. Yeah. That I actually watched some of the uh, action again. Pretty last, awesome, yeah, actually. Yeah, on the replay, of course. But uh, Phillies hit, what, six home runs last night? And Harper had two of them. Harper had two of them. I Nick guess, Castellanos had a couple. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and then I saw what was he staring down? This Bryce Harper staring down the uh, 
Second is it the second baseman of Orlando the or shortstop Arcia? Yeah, because uh, Orlando Arcia was uh, overheard mocking Bryce Harper's base running error. Correct. While celebrating in the locker room, mm-hmm. where Orlando Arcia said he didn't know cameras were rolling and kind of thought the locker room was a sanctuary where we could have fun with the boys. Now I don't I don't disagree with him. Yeah, like if I'm Arcia, I'm like this is our space. Um, that having been said, too much of this stuff gets out now. Cameras seem to be everywhere. And unless you are in a locked private room and you don't see cameras, you yeah. almost have to assume that something's rolling at all times. Correct. But I thought it was all fun anyway. I mean, he didn't say nasty things about Bryce Harper. He was no, uh, he le- just had a boy Bryce, you know, just nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. But if you're Bryce Harper, like I get that though. Like Bryce Harper is one of the premier players in the game. Um and to hear that after you just made a pretty big gaffe, I mean, you and he he owned it, you know. But like, if I'm Bryce Harper, I'm like, who are you? I, he's a good player. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's a nobody. I'm not saying he's the 25th guy on the roster. That's not my point. Bryce Harper is going to the Hall of Fame. Orlando Arcia might when all when his time comes and goes, but I don't think we know that right now. We know Harper is going to the Hall of Fame. I'd be like, shut up, man. Are you serious? And then to come back. And it, those two home runs in that atmosphere and have to run by him, I'm not a Harper fan, but pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. It gave him the stare down. Yes, twice. I mean, that's such a cool atmosphere, and I hate the Phillies so much, but when I see that atmosphere, I want to actually root for the Phillies, I, which is hard to say, Jerry. No, I, I. you know what? I actually get it. I do, because even my, my younger son, who doesn't really have a favorite team, he just watches whenever I'm watching because uh, he's not interested – he does see that, and I've taken him to Phillies games, and he likes going there. How do we get that for every game of the season? You wouldn't. That's yeah. That's but the you. Thing but that in stinks. any sport, unless it's football, we're only playing sixteen times. Yeah, you can't even hockey. As I think, even regular season hockey, when you go there in person, is pretty awesome. But it doesn't compare to the postseason feel. It just doesn't because in the regular season there is tomorrow. And I know in the playoffs, the Braves were not eliminated, but every win is so precious, and it's a step closer to advancing. It's just different. It just is. Yeah, I just would love that. Like, if, if that was like a Thursday, a random sure. Wednesday night and not a playoff Wednesday night, and that was the atmosphere, that'd be so cool. Like, there are places you can go that are full a lot of games, but you're still not going to have that atmosphere where people are standing up on every pitch. Yeah. And, you know, hanging... This was this was Harper uh, after the game talking about uh, Philly. I love this place. Flat out, I love this place. There's nothing like coming into the bank and playing in front of these fans. Now, I will tell you, when they gave him the contract, I thought it was ridiculous because of the length of time. As Brandon Tierney would say, I'm taking the L on this one. <laughs> he's been all that and more for them. Yeah. So he's been great. I, I must say, he's been great. And boy, oh boy, the Yankees could have had him. Yes, they could have. Yankees could have had them. And what's it now? Two to one, the Phillies up? Two one. Two one? Yes. And I saw Sal did a, uh, a reaction video afterwards mocking Atlanta. <laughs> Boy, I hope that one doesn't come back to bite him in the ass. <laughs> I don't, I'm, it's funny because when you watch a series like this, you know, I don't know who you want to lose more. I'm not rooting for either team, but it's like. Mm. I feel like I'm rooting for the Phillies right now. Against the Braves. Yeah, I could see that. So then when they advance against the Diamondbacks, 
You love Arizona, not the team, but you love Arizona. Yeah, I got to go Phillies again. Wow. As a Met fan, yeah. you would root for the Phillies over yes. the Diamondbacks. Yeah, just because of the atmosphere and what it what the feels Damn. for baseball. Now, I didn't see any of the Dodger Diamondback game because I just didn't. I w- I'd be curious, and at some point I'll watch the highlights. That stadium, when I went, was deader. I mean, as dead as Tampa. There was no feel. The fans, quite frankly, were old. I know Arizona has a lot of older people living there, and it just felt... Like nothing. Yeah. I'd love to know. I know when the World Series and they beat the Yankees. I'd love to know if that atmosphere last night was pretty wild. You saw they hit four home runs in the same inning? I did not. Yeah. Four solo home runs off of uh, Lance Lynn. That's so funny. Like, I didn't see that in my perusing of stuff, and yet the Philly stuff was everywhere. Yeah. Maybe because – is that because you searched Phillies no, before? I, I, uh, no, because I just look at the n- different news feeds. You know what's different about this? They just won a game. And, yes, they upset the Dodgers who won 100 games, all that. The Philly game, though, had that extra story to yeah. it with Arcia yes. and, and Bryce Harper, which made it a little bit more interesting. I like Juicy, the, Jerry. There wasn't much about the Astros and Twins. I no, mean, all right, saw well, nothing. And you believe seven straight ALCSs for the Astros. Is that right? It, they're like the... Uh, you didn't see that in the headline? <laughs> it was in every headline. They're like the uh, New England Patriots, Jerry. And it goes well, to show... They used to be. It goes to show all that crap and nonsense with the banging of the... They didn't need to do it. They've never needed to do it, and it's stupid that they did it. Yeah, because it ruined their reputation. It did, but I don't know how you can... You can't fault them for anything they've done the last few years. All they do is win. Right. What was the uh, the Dodgers? Did they get? They didn't get swept, did they? Three zero. They did get swept. Three straight. Do you, are you familiar with the Babylon Bee? The what? The Babylon Bee. It's the a, Babylon Bee. Yeah, no. it's like a fake news source. Like no. they do funny headlines. Okay. They're almost like the Onion. Okay. Similar to what the Onion used to be. So they had a funny post about the Dodgers, which I would like to read to you, Jerry. And the headline was Dodgers wondering if they should have spent more time training for playoffs and less time honoring. Satanic drag nuns. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Good Lord! You know were they called the sisters? I of... do. I do remember that. That was that in the was summer. Funny. Yeah, there was a whole thing with Kershaw. <laughs> yes, not happy. And yes, I do remember that. That's funny. That made me laugh, Jerry. No, I, I do see that. I do have the audio of uh, Don Zimmer getting thrown down. Oh, let's hear but it. this is from uh, Fox. Okay, if Eddie can pop me up there. This is uh, a, a a little bit of uh, the, the teams have come together. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the middle of no no punches are thrown or anything, but then uh, Pedro enters the screen, and here it comes. Absolutely! Oh my goodness! Don Zimmer and Pedro Martinez. Oh, that's awful. Don Zimmer, a 72-year-old man, went into Pedro Martinez's face, and Pedro Martinez threw him down. First of all, then Pedro's just standing there. No one slugs him. I know. Nobody. I know. I remember. I know. (laughs) The heck is going on, Jerry? I know. That was Tim McCarver with Buck. Oh, I used to love Tim McCarver on Channel 9. You know who I never disliked but people hated? And I never Who? understood. Fran Healy. I don't even know who that is. Oh, here we go. I've heard the name. And you call yourself a Met fan. Yes, I am, Jerry. He was on Met broadcasts for years. What years? Uh, Let's Google it. 
What years? On radio the 80s or television? and 90s? Does that sound right, Eddie? Yeah, like 20 years. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever watch a game? Oh, yeah. I but I watched you, if you don't Tim know McCarver, who, Ralph Kiner. That but was, if you those don't know guys. who Fran Healy is, I've got to take issue with the fact that you say you watched anything. This may have been uh, when I uh, quit baseball in the 90s. What about when, the 80s? Uh, no, the 80s, I was, I was uh, locked in, Jerry. But you weren't. You were not locked in. If you Tim don't know McCarver. who Fran Healy is... I'm going to Google this right now, Jerry. Sports I think, Channel, Fran Healy. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I, I, I was a WOR guy, Jerry. I'm sure he was on the WOR broadcasts, too. All right, let me, let me check, for Jerry, because maybe my, you know, we say like uh, my, our brains from not sleeping and working these early hours. Let me take a look at when he was on, on here, Jerry. Broadcasting career. Uh huh. I uh, worked the Yankees until uh, 79. Now, that I don't remember. I was too young. Which game? <laughs> Mets. We're looking for Fran Healy oh, Mets. All right. He worked on Mets telecast from 1984 <laughs> to 2005. <laughs> and you don't remember him. <laughs> and you say you're a I Met fan tell you, that watched games. I watched every Met game in like 85, 80, 84, 85, 86. Except that you didn't. <laughs> no recollection of this How guy. Do you not remember him. Maybe I had the sound down. There, we would we would take calls on the station. People hated him, <laughs> and I never understood why. Was he the greatest broadcaster? No. Did he have the Marv Albert voice? Yes. No. But he was good. He was oh. fine. But he took a beating, though. Who was he teamed with? Um, who was he teamed with? That I would have to check. I know they were probably different guys throughout the course of the years. What was that, Eddie? Summers used to beat him up. All Summers time. didn't like him either. Uh-uh. Man, is he, he still alive? Are you on Wikipedia? He uh, is 77 years old okay. and still alive. It says he was teamed with Keith Hernandez at one point okay. in the booth. That makes sense. I, I don't remember all his partners. I just remember I just remember Fran Healy was like a lead voice for the Mets for a long time. He was uh, one of three sportscasters who was a regular announcer for both the Yankees and the Mets. Right, well, you set up until 79 with the Yankees. The others, Tim McCarver and Tom Seaver. Oh, oh, yeah, bum, bum. sure. How about that? How about that? How about that, Jerry? About that? All right, great friends, great tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Make sure you have plenty on hand this weekend. Casamigos Tequila reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. By the way, just to um, close out the conversation about the attendance for, like, the Phillies and the baseball. Yes. Portico did write an article that 2023 was the best attended season in six years. For all of baseball? They average the average. Now you gotta remember, part of this is the A's mm-hmm. and the Rays. And on the other side, you got teams like the Yankees that still do very well. Boston does well. Um the average attendance of games was almost thirty thousand on average. That's a nice number. The question I would like to know is how many people attended games on average in the golden years. In like 1952. Yeah. You know, because I feel like I watch a lot of those old films. There's no one there. Well, it's funny. Even when I when I th- talk about the glory days of the 80s, right? yeah. 1980s baseball, yeah. and I'll see like a highlight of Don Mattingly hitting an upper deck home run. There's not a soul. No. Well, even Luke <laughs> Gehrig. there. Even, uh, not Lou Gehrig. Even uh, uh, Roger Maris is 65. There's no one there. It's, it's like half empty. Yeah. It's weird, but we have this... This fantasy, this this thought in our head that the golden years were just unbelievable, and I guess they were, but don't look like it. Yeah, Not in the film and the footage. Yeah, I don't know why I I thought like in the nineteen eighties 
every ballpark was full every night. I don't know where I got that from. Um, Probably my, when I was my, listening to Fran Healy on the air. My guess would be you were watching the Mets 85, 87, 86, the Mets, the 2 million fans. Remember that in the, in the documentary, Wild Boys or whatever the hell it was called? Yeah. Uh, season to remember. They told you that they broke all or um, franchise records in attendance. So you, if that was your lasting image, you remember Shea Stadium being packed. Right, and you're going to remember when you're looking back into the 80s and whatever, you're going to remember the playoffs and yes. the World Series games. All right, so I'll give you a quick one because this is a nice, easy uh, Google search. Yeah. This is actually pretty funny. The average, This is 1950. Would you say that qualifies as baseball's golden The golden years? era? Yeah, I'm going to go 1950s. <laughs> you put on a nice suit and head to the game. All right, so the leading team in attendance in 1950 was your New York Yankees. They averaged 27,000 fans per game. That was your your leading team. Then you had teams like the White Sox and the Reds that averaged 7,000 fans. Not 17, 7. 7,000. That doesn't sound like a lot of people, Jerry. The St. Louis Browns averaged 3,000 fans. They did for the season. <laughs> 250,000 fans. <laughs> for, for 81 games? There's college football games right now that get 115,000 people to a game. That's true. So uh, the Philadelphia Athletics averaged 4,000 fans a game. Just like today's athletics. So, yes. Matter of fact, today's athletics average 9,000. See, they're getting more. So this idea, and then you want to say, well, length of game. All these games are average length of game was two hours and 20 minutes. No one went. Wild, isn't it? Right, and the ticket prices weren't crazy, Jerry. No, no, but no one went to games. And Hmm. so we think about it. Baseball is actually very well attended right now compared to yesteryear. Right. You're right. How about that? Yesterday I was walking my dog and and a gentleman pulled over. You reminded me when you said Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. A guy got out of his car and walked over towards me and said, uh, Hi, Al. Uh, I see you wearing baseball T-shirts on the air. I would like you to have this Cincinnati Reds one. How about that? Had the tags on and everything. Nice. Got me a, only problem is this is a medium I put it on. It was really tight. So wear it tomorrow. It's tight. You have to wear it for the guy one day. You have to. Okay. It's going to look ridiculous. Show off your pecs. Mm. It's not going to look ridiculous. You're thin. It'll be fine. Wear it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's Football Friday. Can't wear it tomorrow. Tomorrow's wear Football it, Friday. Wear it Tuesday. 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 I can wear it for a segment tomorrow. A no-feel Tuesday. A no-feel Tuesday? Yes. Fair enough, Jerry. All right. Uh, are you? Do you see anything out of this athletic article, Jerry, that's reporting that Robert Kraft is angry? He should be angry. With the His Patriots. team's terrible. And that Robert Kraft, this is a report from The Athletic talking to somebody very close to Mr. Robert Kraft, Jerry, that Robert Kraft does not believe that Bill Belichick gets to decide when he leaves. I don't disagree with that. He owns the team. He can make the decision yeah. anytime he wants. I do believe that Bill Belichick gets deserves the um, – he deserves to finish the season and at least say – get together and say, here's the plan. And if they don't like it, maybe they agree to part ways. Um, I don't think Bill Belichick deserves to be fired midseason. I don't care if they don't win another game this year. I think you have the right to at least finish the season and maybe walk away on your own if you're nudged. Let me ask Nostradamus Jerry. Oh, God. Game week one 
2024? Is Bill Belichick the head coach of the Patriots? It's a great question. Thank you. Um, wow. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to go no as well. I think he's somewhere else. I agree. He's going to pull a Tom Brady. Move. I think he goes somewhere like Rick Pitino, 71, starting over with St. John's. Yeah. I could see Belichick looking for one more situation and run to kind of stamp the career. Like he's got to go to a place that's set up. That's, that's got, got a quarterback. A good quarterback. Yes. And or, an offensive line. Or like Tiki kind of intimated, maybe they trade for Kirk Cousins right now. And I know they're not as good as the Jets are defensively, but they are still pretty damn good on defense. And, yes, they do lack some explosive talent on offense, but I think you can win if you bring in a quarterback that plays a little better than Mac, than, uh, say Mac Brown, Mac Jones. I did see when they asked uh, Belichick yesterday about Mac Jones, he said, quote, yeah, we're not making any changes. Mm-hmm. He's a stubborn son of a gun, that Bill Belichick. Well, has Bailey Zappi shown you anything? No. Okay, so what do you want like to do? They're like the same guy to me. All right, what else are we going to do? Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, like, legitimately just the, the interchangeable. Yeah, not not good either one so far. And they did ask Kirk Cousins yesterday, would he waive his no-trade clause, some of the reporters, and he was not having any of that discussion, Jerry. He's focused on beating the Bears. Well, I, you know, we don't think about this usually because we do think it's think of it like it's a Madden game. But you, we watched that documentary we didn't get to know them, but we got an inside look at his family, his kids, his wife. One thing that was pretty clear to me, they seemed to love it there. Yes. Could you imagine him going home and saying, hey, hon, you want to go to New Jersey? <laughs> no. Like, I, I'm, and I love New Jersey, but I'm saying, like, they're established there. The kids are in school. Like, mid-season, do you want to pick up and just move to New Jersey? No, I do not. I guess he could come here and, like, Favre, I think, got an apartment or something or a condo. You could come by yourself, and then all of a sudden the, the family stays back, and you go home afterwards and see where you're at. I guess you could do that. But he doesn't seem to be like the family type that wants to be separated from his family for the next four months either. Right. So I, not easy. And they're so involved, as you said, like they're so involved in the community there. Yeah. You can just pick up and leave. The only thing, like their winter sucks more than in New Jersey, I Agreed. Think, I think. Agreed. But it's still, it's still, once you get to a certain part of cold, Although that's not true. Eddie almost died. He almost died. Walking around the Metrodome or whatever it's called. And that's not an exaggeration. The Mall yeah, of America. The Mall of America. And Al is not exaggerating. Eddie almost died from frostbite. Walking. Uh, we yes. tried to get into the do our show from Radio Row at the Super Bowl, which was at the Mall of America. It was like negative 25 degrees it outside. Was cold. And, and windy. The military that was guarding the place had Eddie walk around to the other side. Yeah. To yeah, the it's one, it's one not that entrance. big. <laughs> I mean, they only call it the Mall of America. <laughs> Eddie walking nine miles at three o'clock right. in the morning. I wouldn't want to walk around the Menlo Mall. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap it up. Odyssey Sports Minute brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. Amy Lawrence winning 100 games. Nothing. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Uh, we got about 45 seconds left. The big story of the hour would be, Al. Oh, I think it's uh, that Rob Saul is putting a uh, putting a mark on Jalen Hurts, daring him oh, to... 11 kisses. 11 kisses, Jerry, daring him to do that. What do they call it? The tush push? Yeah. Oh, you know Jalen Hurts is going to jam that ball down their throat <laughs> yes, like three is. or four times on Sunday. I know, I know. I'm, I'm actually very intrigued by this game. 
The, oh, okay. I mean, a lot, I think people in Philly think it's going to be a walkover. Yeah. I think the Jets are going to play well. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they'll play well. What if the defenders all just Hi. leapt up in the air, Jerry, and went over the top? You could do that. Just make sure he doesn't run around the right side. <laughs> and then just waltz to where he's got to go. 90-yard run. Yeah. But that's how you stop. Remember Herschel used to go over the middle a lot? Yeah. Remember the Giants stopped him once. I forget who it was. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.